Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. It's the weekend, which I always really enjoy. It's not a real weekend. It's one of my my, my one Pseudo fake, work weekends. My fake weekend per month. Uh, but still, it still is the weekend. Yeah. No snowmageddon as we were expected to receive this week. Yeah. I mean, we did have a little bit of, of snow, but not... It was any. like 40 degrees, though. It, yeah, that's right. That's right. When I woke up, there was quite a bit of snow on the ground, and then an hour later, it was totally gone. So. You live like 200 feet above me, though, so... Yeah, maybe even more than that. We're about 600 feet here, so... Oh, yeah, so definitely more than me. We had none this morning when I woke up. I woke up, and I threw open the shades like a kid to find <laughs> just a wet backyard. Yeah, yeah, that's like, how... Oh, that's cool. That's how snow weekends, snowmageddon weekends in Oregon go. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. You know, it's supposed to get pretty cold tonight, and there was supposed to be snow, but the precipitation has all moved in another direction. It's clear. Totally clear. It's just going to freeze. It's going to be miserably cold tonight. Yeah. And I've got to be up on the ro- and on the road pretty early tomorrow morning. So Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Your car's heavy, though. You'll be good. Yeah, it's real-world drive, though, so it's, <sighs> it doesn't handle all that well. They're de-icing the 5. By the way, you, you guys, I drive a Lexus LS400. It's a like a 25-year-old car at this point. And I'll tell you, it is one of the greatest cars on the face of the earth. Andrew gave it's a, pretty great. a knowing nod of his head. Yeah, uh, I, I've been in lots of new cars, and it's nice to be in a new car, but something about getting in that old, not junky, I was going to say junky, but it's not junky at all. I mean, it's... It was uh, like a one owner, wasn't it, when you got it? Yeah, I mean, it had been a family, so I think that the the one owner had given it to their kid, and he had taken really good care of it, and uh, they, they were sort of wealthy California people, from what I can from what I can gather, and then... I got it basically directly from them, and it was it had been really well taken care of. There's a dog at some point that occupied parts of that car, and so every once in a while I'll find a. It's no smell. It actually smells oh. really good, but I'll find hair or something. I, oh, that's I, not a big deal. I kind of peeled back some some plastic parts not too long ago, and there was hair like tucked under it. That's All right. that's not too bad. Maybe the people are just giving haircuts in it. Yeah, but like not, doggy though. haircuts? No, like people haircuts, like short I th- hair haircuts. I think it's a dog. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, just something about owning an, uh, owning an old car is so satisfying. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, you know, and it's not like I couldn't have a, a more expensive car if I wanted to. Uh, certainly we could, uh, or, or I could, you know, we have, we're, we're a two-car family. Um, but something about like... The hunt, you know, oh, I, yeah. I figured out what I wanted and I I set my budget and we had to look all over. We wound up having to go to California to get this one. Uh, in fact, Kim was down in California on business and I said, hey, there's a car. <laughs> you you want to go look cancel at it? your return flight? <laughs> and she did, man. It was uh, pretty amazing. Uh, drove it up. It's, owning a, a nice old car, I just There's I just something to be said it. for it, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and we paid, I paid dang near nothing for it. You know, I paid a year's service for a you know an s-class or something or a, a model s on it uh you, you know yeah uh just just paid hardly anything and everything's exactly what i want i i, I find it really satisfying to old, own an old car i saw one on the freeway the other day and i thought it was you but it didn't make sense the time of day but i saw another one just like yours <laughs> what would he be doing here you know yeah. i see them all over the place they're almost all they're almost all driven by very old white men 
Yeah. Or uh, medium old Asian women. I haven't but, seen any of them. Just old white men. Right. That's, that's what I've seen in them. <laughs> Which I think I'm actually both of those things in my soul a little bit. Yeah. I would agree. I think you're a perfect <laughs> blend of the two. <laughs> so how about you, man? How are you doing? Busy, man. This morning I uh, I went to finish up hanging all the hardware on my... Uh, on my kitchen cabinet, so I didn't do before I went to Mexico. Two weeks later, three weeks later. Well, I mean, this week was chaos. In the week coming back from vacation, is just miserable. Uh, so I went to do that, and then I decided to paint the kitchen. I had all the paint and everything, so I pulled everything down and started painting the walls of the kitchen, kind of on a whim. Um, <laughs> and we had paint for that purpose, and then it just it's never been applied. Sure. So I pulled everything out and started mixing and painting the kitchen. So that's been my day. It's just painting and yeah you know it takes so much longer than you think it's gonna take you know once you trim everything out uh, so i already did all the trim when i did the cabinets Mm -hmm. so i'm really just applying paint to walls and it's it's going pretty quick i'm 70 percent of the way all right i'll have a couple hours tomorrow and then should be good taping taping off ceilings and stuff and Uh, i'm not gonna tape off the ceilings i have a cool little edger with like little roller wheels it's like Uh it's like a pad yeah but i'm gonna i'm gonna paint the ceiling in the next couple of weeks, so okay. I'm not that worried about taping the ceiling right now. Sure, just just get get through that quick. Just then, get the paint on. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's easier to tape the vertical surfaces than the horizontal surfaces yeah. too. So yeah, all right, all right. I'm a little, I'm still a little sad as uh, to be back at, at home working. The first day back that Monday was maybe the worst day of my life. <laughs> like, why do I have to do this? Yeah, I texted my wife in the middle of the day. I was like, what, why? Want to want to go to the pool? There's there's for sure an hour left of happy hour. Why are we working like chumps when we could be by the pool? Oh man, it was so nice. It was great. It but... was so nice. Uh, we we didn't record last week. I, I I we didn't even talk about it. We just didn't. Yeah, we knew we had one ready to go. Right. Uh, you, you know, but I, and I did miss it a little bit. It felt like uh, like p- that part of my week. I just didn't do it. Uh, yeah, it did feel a little weird. Which, which was kind of weird. It was nice to have an episode. And I, I still I still had to edit because I, I hadn't edited that episode before we left like I had... Said you did. <laughs> said I would. So I wound up still having to edit. And um, so that was at least part of it. But I think we started to get back into the Instagram game. You know, when we went on vacation, we well, at least for me, I really just went on vacation. I sort of yeah, put everything aside and and really left and so it took a minute to catch back up to everything but posted posted on instagram again this week and uh you know we didn't have any angry comments for our absence i don't think anybody missed us but no they didn't miss us no. my kid didn't even miss us i know let's deal with that yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> he he liked his week with grandpa we came and we we walked into the house and he goes oh hi <laughs> yeah no whatever i guess we'll just leave you here see ya so my first experience having bags lost. Yeah, uh, not mine, but it was certainly unique. It, our travel back was probably my worst day of travel ever. You know, it wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't all that terrible for by and large in terms of how I felt about it, but it was definitely a weird day of travel. We spent seven hours in the Houston airport, mm-hmm. getting notified every two hours that the plane we were supposed to get on still hadn't left from its point of origin right. <laughs> so rather than just saying hey y'all it hasn't left yet they would say you know, hey it's gonna you're gonna be late delayed two hours and then two hours later they'd be like oh 
Uh, looking like it still hasn't left, so you're going to be delayed with another two hours. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, the the most frustrating thing uh, about the whole ordeal uh, to me, so we, we flew from Cancun to Houston to San Francisco to Eugene. Yeah. The, the most frustrating part of the whole ordeal to me was when we landed on a United flight in San Francisco. We had to run... 10 miles, easy. 10 miles to the next gate. And they had closed the doors. And there were six of us. It was it was our, our two families and another group of guys that, that were traveling. Uh, they have to have known. We have six people that are coming from this flight. Like, why is that coordination not part of their, their work process? You would think it... And I've never been on an airport before that... So to be clear, United to United. We had... And we, we were in a different concourse. It wasn't like down the hall it was 40 gates away right <laughs> two turns and a couple of those long escalator things yeah and and i've i've never been in an airport that an airline didn't own like a whole gate section usually you get off a united flight you walk 60 feet and get on the next united flight well, san francisco airport's notorious for just being weird it um, was brutal and in fairness san francisco was in the midst of chaos they right. had to like reverse their takeoff pattern because of the wind so they were only letting because i read about it later it was like there was like news about it that their flights their flight traffic pattern had to be reversed to account for the wind mm-hmm. so they were only letting a certain amount of flights land and take off per hour to make sure that everyone was getting on and off safely but the fact is they the flight from san francisco to eugene is twice a day mm-hmm. they knew we were coming right they had to have known they were coming it was it was bizarre that was the that was the worst part for me. I will say Houston Airport. There's a lot worse airports you could be. That was a great airport to spend the day in. Delay, it just would have yeah. been nice to know that we were going to be there seven hours because right. then we could have left the airport <laughs> and gone done something in Houston yeah, and true. then return. But yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't the worst place to be laid over. Um, our bags weren't exactly lost. No, I guess they weren't lost. They just they we barely made the flight, so there was just no way our bags were going to make the flight. So they showed up the next day at like. Two in the afternoon. Yeah, right around there. Wasn't bad. The only bummer was that I didn't have a toothbrush. You didn't You didn't have a toothbrush that night? You don't, like, have extras at the house? No, I don't oh. keep extra toothbrush. You guys should get extra toothbrushes. I almost went and bought some. I was like, you know what? I'll be good. The nice thing about having extra toothbrushes is, uh, I mean, one, if someone comes over and they don't have one, you have one. But also, I I feel like... Like, an, like a sealed... You have extra sealed toothbrushes then, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is the one we keep under the sink yeah. for the nasty dishes project. For the for the like the weird mold that, that shows up around the, the, the drain disposal. of your tub. Yeah. Uh no, I mean we just keep extras around. But the the other nice thing I, I find about that is that uh, you know, I think if I don't have an extra one, I tend to use my toothbrush too long. You know, so like I've had this I've been using the same toothbrush for fourteen months. I wait until there's no bristles left on mine and then I replace. <laughs> like, all right, worn out. But when you have when you have extras uh, laying around, it's it's pretty nice to just be able to. Uh, this one's starting to get a little foldy. I'm going to get rid of it. That's fair. Yeah, that might be something I practice from now on. That's right. That's right. Uh, you, you you know, the more you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else interesting in your life this week? No. Pretty pretty normal. Same shit. Different day. Work week. So. Can't com- can't complain a whole lot. So I got something. I got something kind of cool. I guess watch related. 
you call this watch related, right? Yeah. Even though it's, it's not a watch at all. It's a watch brand. It, so I've, uh, a few months ago, I bought one of these uh, Seiko hats. That is, check out at Seiko hats on Instagram. And, and you know, actually, the I, I'm not 100% certain, but I think that at Seiko hats and the watch steward are maybe related. I'm not 100% sure on this. I don't know. The watch steward, uh, for those of you who don't know, makes ostensibly really cool straps. I've never, I've never had my hands on one. They remind me of the Erica's original straps, but they're like less than half of the price. I'm intrigued. So I think twenty five dollars, and they look like they have a similar function and and materials. Um, you, you know, about half the price. Those Erica's originals have always been really compelling to me, but a sixty bucks for a. A stretchy, you know, NATO. It's not a NATO at all. It's a totally different construction, but that's what I think in my head when I mm-hmm. see one. Um, so uh, it seems like an interest. Anyway, I did. I bought a Seiko hat. You know, this guy ran into, I don't know where he got. He got a bunch of dead stock Seiko patches, and they're pretty big patches. I don't know if it's two by four, or maybe a little bit bigger than that. Neighborhood, yeah. Um, pretty standard size hat patch, though. And you know what? I think probably if you're listening to to our podcast, you'll have seen these around. But I bought a Seiko hat, and it was on this red, white, and blue trucker, uh, which it was this very tall foam trucker hat. And I just couldn't, I I just don't feel like I ever really pulled it off. I didn't love it. You you know, maybe I'm just not cool enough or whatever. That's probably it. That's probably it. (laughs) Anyway, I just didn't didn't love the hat. So I I love the patch, and I wore the hat a few times, and it just just didn't ever call out to me. I found a, a company called Stockbridge Sewing Works. This is a gal named Norma, and I think they're, wow, I don't know where they are. Somewhere somewhere out, out east, east of us anyway. Um, and Norma makes these fantastic vintage-style wool caps. She makes everything, I think, by and large herself, unless she's in a busy season, on super cool old sewing machines. And uh, I sent the patch out to her, and she applied it to one of her wool flannel hats this is it's an old school baseball cap is what it is it looks great um my wife laughed and said it's my old man hat and it does I, i'll admit it does make me look like an old man when i wear it but i said you're old makes you look an old like an old man so i don't like it's the hat <laughs> uh gosh i just love this hat it's super comfortable uh you know it's wool it feels great uh, i think it needs to break in probably just a little bit because the flannel's all still really kind of shiny and catchy um but a couple times a lint roller yeah that's right maybe a razor that's right yeah i might i might shave it but i don't want it to get you know when you when you shave the berets they get kind of thin and yeah but you don't have to shave it a lot you don't have to shave it to a shine just just a little bit just just knock the knock the lint down yeah yeah well anyway i love it so uh, we posted on i posted on the instagram this afternoon by the time you hear this it'll have been on there for a week or so but you can check it out there uh stockbridge sewing works so check them out at seiko hats check them out really both of them different companies that are doing cool things uh i feel like some of y'all out there would probably be into it so i dig it yeah i'm a little jealous they're not cheap no but they're not cheap you know i think you can pick these these patches up for about seven bucks i don't know that there's a ton of them left so if you want one you should probably jump on it um the hat itself i think was 60 that's not bad yeah it's not bad for a handmade hat um you, you know i think my price range is right around 35 40 for a baseball cap which is what the new eras cost yeah um so this felt like that next level up in price which whatever it's not a ton of money it's 60 bucks yeah it's the difference between a mass manufactured and a handmade 
That that's right. Yeah, I and mean, she she makes them with her hands, which I love. That I I freaking love it. So, yeah. What are we talking about today? So we're talking about watches. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, so today, a uh, topic that I suggested, I figured we'd uh, break from where we've been at and uh, do some some three favorites or three uh, three watches we've been eyeballing uh, for for some time, all in the. 200 or less category yeah uh, i have probably 35 40 tabs open on my phone of watches i'm like I'm, i kind of want you i'll circle <laughs> back to you so today i had to pare it down to a list of three and i made you do the same so we could talk about some some watches in the affordable category that have uh piqued our interest and so you felt like you had a lot of watches that you were you were pulling from oh yeah yeah, cause I I found uh, I I feel like actually this week was kind of a challenge for me to pull three uh three watches up. Um, I I think I probably tried to get a little closer to two hundred than you did on some of my choices. I I know some of your choices are a little bit less, so uh, maybe that was a factor. But I mean, when when I when I finalized my three, it was like oh good, like almost like I was worried I wasn't going to be able to find three or I wasn't going to be able to find three I was happy with. So I'm really happy with my choices. But uh, it was harder. It was harder. I wasn't trying to cull a list down. I was really trying to fill a list in. I was calling it. I was calling it hard. Interesting. Interesting. Now I kind of want to know all your choices. One of them that couldn't make the cut because it was a little, little too much is the Timex Marlin with a Snoopy at the six o'clock. Oh yeah. The uh, the automatic Timex, and which is, is the, intriguing to me. But is that the larger model or is that the thirty four millimeter? Oh shoot, I don't remember the size off the top of my head. I think the thirty fours are 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 less expensive. Yeah, than I think that. it well, was. I don't know. It, it's neighborhood of two fifty. I think it was the forty plus. Okay. But, okay. All right. Well, shall we? I I think we shall. Okay. And so the category <laughs> is three watches. I mean, this isn't a three watch collection. Just no, it's just watches just, we like. Two hundred dollar, two hundred dollar yeah. watches we like. Some affordables that that we like. I'm going to give my usual caveat, although this is not a caveat I've ever given before, but it feels like it is. Uh, you can get an SKX 007 for 200 bucks right now on Amazon. Or the Mako for similar price. Even less, yeah. yeah. So uh, we're, we're not going to talk about those watches today. but because no, we have those watches. So we're talking about some watches that have piqued our interest in, in the way of something that we'd like to buy. That's right. That and, we want to buy. And this first one. Ooh, maybe it's not the first one. You're reorganizing. What have you done? I, I did reorganize. So I want to start with a watch that I'm not... I, I, I really like this watch. Uh, it, it's a little bit... You know, you said you'd give me the five bucks. So two of my watches are going to go $5 over. Um, this is the a chronograph from Bulova. Uh, I believe this comes from their Surveyor line, um, which is a line that I, I think has basically been abandoned by Bulova. You can still find this watch on... Amazon. This is the Bulova Accutron 2 96B239 chronograph. I love the way Bulova does their references. They're all, it's two numbers, a letter, and some more numbers. It's simple. It They're, feels familiar. If, and... Yeah, every time, like you know, it, unlike the Casio references that mm-hmm. are that take us 15 minutes to spell out. I, I like the way they do the references. And maybe it's that I've looked at so many Seikos. I feel like Seiko has reference numbers. Super similar. Down. Um, Super similar. It, it, that could be. That could be because uh, I'm just I'm just so familiar with them. But uh, so this this watch is uh, it's a stainless steel watch, stainless steel case, a chronograph. It's got their Accutron two movement, which I think is the 
you know, 262 kilohertz, the precisionist style. I think that's their, their kind of go-to run-of-the-mill at this point. I like this. It's got a, it's got a gold dial. Um, good gold. It's a good gold dial. Yeah. You know, it reminds me a little bit of the color on the AMW 320. Mm-hmm. Uh, Almost yellowy gold. Like just, yeah, I, I dig it. And, and the, the steel case. The, the steel case, you know, I, I really like the, uh, I really like the bezel on this. You know, it's a, it's a sterile bezel, but it's a big sort of prominent radial brushed bezel. Um, you, you know, this is similar to that Bulova, the open, what is, what is it called? The space view that, mm-hmm. that we looked at, that yeah. modern space view. It's got a similar feel with that sort of flat radial brushed steel on the bezel. Really neat look. Um, you know, the the only thing about this, so, so there's a couple things about this watch. I really like the lug transitions just yeah. right off the bat that that grabbed me when i the, f- the first thing i saw on that was the transitions in the lug and the way that that bracelet and link integrates into it right not in that it's an integrated but the 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 way they've they've blended those two that that joint is killer well and you know we didn't see this watch when we were in mexico but we looked at a surveyor from this line mm-hmm. same bracelet um that bracelet's killer too yeah, you know, actually, it was a little chintzier than I thought it was going to be, but really? I, I felt that way, um, and it could just have been, you know, time and place, and they're obviously huge. They've got all the links on, so it's hard to get a feel for how a bracelet's going to feel, but uh, something about it, the, the clasp didn't feel quite as solid as I hoped it would. This is a butterfly clasp on this thing. I think it was all the plastic in there that was interfering with the closure. Th- that that might have made a difference, too. That's right. So it's kind of a big watch. It's a 43-millimeter watch, which... You know, 42 is just about my limit, although I have watches bigger than that. Uh, that that would be a concern of mine. It's also fairly prominent. Um, I, I do have a concern that this watch is going to just feel really substantial on your wrist. Some people want that. I, I know I certainly don't. This is 13 millimeters thick. Uh, my suspicion is that it wears a little bit chunkier than than oh, it's a pretty square edge there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of taper down on the edge of that case so 20 millimeter strap which is nice it looks like it might be a, a 22 um, but it says 20 millimeters so if that is indeed true i think that's a great choice for that nice big crown no crown guards pretty shallow pushers and i i don't suspect that's a problem it's an electronic yeah I'm, chronograph I, so. I suspect so I dig the green on the dial, just the the little bit of, of color accents, almost like the like the uh, old Pouljot uh, chronographs. You think that's green? I think so. Is it is it not? Am I, I crazy? I think it's black. I think it's got sort of black. Uh, oh, it shade looks black on that angle on the outside of the markers. But in any event, it, it is attractive. It's not a real glossy black. It's kind of subtle. Um, steel markers. I, I don't think it's got any loom on the dial but there is the hands are loomed the the three uh the hour and minute hand at least are loomed it's just a neat watch i just dig it and for 200 bucks i think it's a great value uh which is why i picked it you know i I pick a watch like this and i think is this something i'd really buy i think it is um i love the movement i'm more and more intrigued by these precisionist movements I do have ongoing concerns that it would be too big, that I'd get it and think, yeah, this is just too big to wear day to day. But possible. Yeah. I mean this is gonna be this is gonna come in about the same size as that notice Avalon 
um, that we had in. And I think the Notice Avalon is a lot more obvious watch to carry that sort of size. I, and I think the shape of the of the case lends itself to being a little bit bigger too. We got one that we saw a couple times in Mexico and were intrigued by because neither of us had ever seen it. And the first time we saw this, we were at the concierge desk and we were chatting with a, the concierge and Everett looked over at me and I just nodded. Yeah, no, I know. And it was a rose gold version of this watch. It is the Casio B640WB hyphen one BEF. Oh, Uh, and this is the black resin version of it. And it's coming in at I saw fifty one ninety five on Amazon when I when I was researching earlier in the day, but it's currently at forty nine ninety. So apparently, you have preference pricing on Amazon, uh, or you know they've got some sort of algorithmic pricing, or I, I, who knows, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Also, one correction to what you said before: I believe it's pronounced resin. Oh yeah, that's the way it's spelled here on the uh, on the Amazon. It's so a it's resin case. Resin, which is an upgrade from resin. It if is I'm an upgrade for not sure. Not mistaken. Yeah. It's much better. Um, it could be. I I don't know. And <laughs> and anyway, this watch is much like the fifty six hundred. It's it's a lot of these kind of diminutive Casio cases. One really cool feature about it is there's like a, there's a slight um would you call that like a I don't even know how to describe it it's there's a, a mild indent around like where the uh, where the die I'm I'm sounding like a yeah, complete could, fool right now I'm trying to find words, a way to, that would be trying amazing. to find a way to describe this there is an edge around the face of the case <coughs> around the crystal almost like a like a bezel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just creates a little bit of depth there on the yeah. on the face, um, and this is a watch I've not seen before, and I really really dig it. It's just it's it's kind of your typical three button digital Casio, but yeah. there's something about it that I and I really liked it in rose gold. I almost bought it for my wife, but figured she wouldn't wouldn't wear it, so it well, you know, I might as well prices, just buy myself the black one. Their prices down there, there was no no good prices they except were... on these. I did look at the, I found the ladies Casio that I looked at, mm-hmm. and that was sixty three there, and they were doing buy one get one free. It's twenty five on Amazon, and this is what forty. So I would have got would have saved a couple bucks, okay, and had some Mexico watches. Yeah, um, well, missed out. I think you'd have had to buy the more expensive one. To get the... I would have argued. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, these are cool. I'll tell you, we saw them everywhere in Mexico, I it, feel like. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of colors. There, I saw them in steel, gold, black, rose gold. And, the you know, I looked them up. These were released in 2012, so it's not like they're a recent release. Uh, these have been around for a minute. Um, you, you know, check them out if you haven't. I'm sure I'm sure a lot of you will have seen them uh, or, or, or will know exactly what we're talking about. It's a fairly new watch to my consciousness. Mine too. And they with the matching color bracelet, I'm, I dig it. Yeah, and that, that bracelet looks like, uh, I think, probably the same bracelet that you have on your World Timer. Uh, I can't tell. Okay, well. It might be, though. It's, so, it's like a folded over sort of oyster link. Some garbage that you're going to break some links to remove them. That's right. Although I will say with this watch, this has that, the spring bar is sort of located 
outside in the lugs as opposed to underneath it's not hooded the way some of these are so which I is think... nice because then you could you could put it on something else i think that'd look really really good on like an od nato that's right yeah uh, a nato or you know maybe a single pass i'm not sure that, that or even one of the um silicone elites yeah yeah no i think that would be great on this watch so i think details on this what do you got um 35 millimeter case and 18 millimeter lugs um it's like uh, like 11 millimeters thick i think i want to say mm-hmm. um pretty 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 standard this is nine millimeters Not, thick i could buy that also pretty typical um digital casio size but this got me excited i hadn't seen them before and uh you, you know how i feel about digital watches so yeah this yeah one, this one got me excited i do know how you feel about them you, you know it, it's it's really sort of similar to some of these watches you know like the a158w um it, it's got a similar feel although it's not exactly the same watch as that but it's got that same um or, or even the f91w but it's got the resine case that's right you get the resine upgrade so um you, you know we've talked about watches similar to this but this one's a little different and it's different in a way that uh, you'd have to see it in person, but but it's a it's a good difference. So it feels more modern. I think that's what the difference is. This yeah, feels more modern than the A one fifty eight or the F ninety one. It's I think because the rounded sides on the on the case. Oh yeah, just that's... just a slight arc on the on the sides of the case. I also think the integration from the bracelet to the lugs, from the bracelet to the cases, is, is a little bit more modern. Although that's that seems like a stupid thing to say, but. I wish the, um, the lugs could stand to be a little bit longer. I think you might run into some issues putting something else other than that strap on there, other than that bracelet on there. Yeah, perhaps. You know, certainly a pass-through. I think the silicone elite would fit just fine in there. But hope so. Yeah. yeah. I'm going right. to be getting this, so we'll see. I like the negative display on it. Yeah. Well, so my next watch, I'm pretty excited about this one. I, I like that watch. Uh, this is a watch from a Korean company called Tissell that we have talked about on the show before. I think yeah. we talked about them on our Flieger episode. We did. Uh, to sell as a company, they sell watches by way of U.S. retailers. They also have a to sell uh, a, the Korean website is what people call it colloquially. It's in English though. It is, and we'll put a link to this thing in the in the show notes as usual. Uh, this is the to sell antique. It's the ninety fifteen dash eight antique is what they call it. It's got a Miyota ninety fifteen, obviously. Um, which is a fantastic, super underrated movement. Um, this is a two hundred dollar watch, two hundred and five. I stole my five bucks again, um, <clears throat> and it's just freaking sweet. It's a great dress watch option. You, you know, it, it's a, a lot of dress watches nowadays. Nowadays, I say like I've been collecting dress watches for for twenty five years, which I haven't been. But it does seem like dress watches tend to be larger. And when you when I look at this on the online pictures, my, my initial concern was, oh, that's going to be huge. It's yeah. going to be 42. It's I would think 43. 40 millimeters. 40 like millimeters, that. 20 millimeter lugs. I love it. Domed crystal. Yeah, a beautiful domed mm-hmm. crystal, um, which is sapphire. You, you know, the other watches we've looked at are mineral crystals so far today. It's a big dome. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, big dome. Get it, girl. Uh, it's got heat-treated blue hands, or so it says. Um, you know, it's got this croco grain leather strap, which I'm sure you're going to change out. Um, but the case profile oh. on this is really fantastic. It kind of looks like a submarine. You know, I, the, my favorite thing about this watch 
is when you look at it from top down, it's got this really sort of, I don't know, clean, geometric, um, sort of angular look to it. It's the circle, obviously. But it gives it's you round. this... It's round. Right? <laughs> but it gives you this impression that it's kind of uh, blocky or angular. But then when you get down to the case side, everything is rounded to a point um you, you know the yeah. the lugs swoop down in this really sort of elegant double curve um you, you know there's this huge contrast the point i'm trying to make is from the top down to the side to side view is a contrast in styles and, and i think it actually lends itself to being a really dynamic feeling watch and i think it gives it top down a fairly utilitarian look and then from the side uh, a, a touch of grace which i think is really cool i really like the round date window too yeah that date window is with the, the chamfered edges uh you, you know the number look the numbers look like they just barely fit in it it's mm-hmm. really kind of it's kind of crowded but i like it it's it's the only thing on the dial besides the markers yeah i think you'd call this a bauhaus style dial it's got a you, you know these glossy black stick markers they're more prominent at the at, at the cardinal directions um it it says to sell antique 9015 on the dial the the color of the dial is this they call it dark silver um it seems to me to be just a silver um but with this great radial sunray yeah um but really neat that's a cool find man yeah i i know i've seen these before i think that they've been out of stock for some time but they are in stock now 205 on the to sell website uh, if you haven't seen them, check it out. Uh, again, we'll have a link down down south to this thing. But, um, you, you know, I think that these to sell watches are one of the great values in watchmaking. And I don't think they're overselling them. I think the owner is sort of a member of the community. And um, I, I just love this. We need to get our hands on a couple of these because it seems that they're making some really great watches that are underrepresented in the affordable category. Yeah, at least that, in the way of word of mouth and of of publicity. That's right. I mean, obviously, watch nerds, you know, the the deep the deep state watch nerds know about these things, but I'm not sure the general public does. And I think that the branding feels a little bit mushroomy, but certainly it's not. And these are Korean watches using Japanese movements. I mean, there's nothing, you know, you know, I, I hate to use the word as a pejorative. But there's nothing Chinese about these watches. These are. <laughs> um you, you know really high-end manufacturer and they may be made in china i don't know that they're not um they may be but um it's not what i you know i i think these get lumped in with uh you, you know parnas right. or some of these other companies i think uh, at first blush people would tend to do that uh but it's it's notable that this is a, a different class of watch worth looking into some more yeah for sure for sure i don't have anything else to say and do you have any questions about this watch andrew i don't okay <laughs> i'm excited about your next one i am too we got the uh seiko snk p27 coming in on uh where are we looking at this well so i've got this at princeton watches at princeton watches i found it i think i was looking on joma shop for 190 princeton's at 159 but you're gonna get it sub 200 well this says temporary sold out but more on the way uh order shipped today orders placed today will be shipped as soon as possible <laughs> eventually <laughs> don't buy that watch from this website today you know i think princeton watches is a legit company definitely but... a legit company but you don't pre-order things that don't 
that are already in production and circulation. So this is one of their recraft watches, huh? It is. And I got excited about square cased watches after having been able to wear the Horizon for mm-hmm. some time. Uh, so I started poking around and I found this uh, SNKP powered by the uh, 7S26. Uh, and it's 39.5 millimeters, which I would have thought would have felt big. But after having worn the Horizon, I think it's going to be a really good case size yeah, for, you know, this, for this shape. It's not quite square fully like the like the Monaco or the Horizon. It's a little bit rectangular. Uh, nice wide lugs on and it. And rounded everywhere. Yeah. Re- rectangular and rounded. What really got me about this is this emerald green kind of sunburst dial and gold markers on mm-hmm. it. It is a... This is a where anywhere but the ocean type watch. Mm-hmm. This could fit easily as a dress watch. This could be a an everyday jeans and t-shirt. This is this is the kind of watch that gets me really excited that it can it can do so many things at an affordable price. And I think especially the the way that that both Everett and I like to like to wear watches um, and, and like to purchase watches, buying these really versatile options um, and owning these really versatile options is something that's really important to me. And I know that you, you have a similar mentality on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this watch is a, is a killer option in that, uh, in that regard. And that, that green and gold is just a combo. They have a couple other color, color options on it. There's a blue, there's a, there's like a chocolatey color, but this green was the one that, that really called to me it's such a classic watch color uh green and gold that Mm -hmm. that's such a classic combination i really love it it's got makes me think of like uh uh 1960s jag jaguar jaguar Jaguar. (laughs) (laughs) um you you know we pulled this up on the leather strap there's a bracelet for these watches too and it looks like a pretty cool cool bracelet um yeah these are great you know my first comment when you mentioned that you were talking about a recraft was that those recraft watches are pretty big this seems like it's not terribly terribly big uh you, you know i've seen a number of these in department stores or whatever recrafts not this watch mm-hmm. in particular but <clears throat> without exception all of them have been on the big end yeah i've, I've seen a couple in person and uh, i was surprised this was a this was a member of the family you know the the transitions from the the various surfaces. This has a bunch of different surfaces, and transitions are all all really good. Seiko does such a good job with that. That the I wish the bezel on this, or not the bezel. I wish the crown on this was a little bigger. I I think so too. It could it could stand to be just a touch bigger. Kind of a weird shrimpy little crown. Although that doesn't look that small. So I I don't know. Yeah, who who knows, right? Maybe if you if you have one, let us know. Is the crown problematic? I, I think I can't it's a great pick. It be, but it, yeah, it's. It's a beautiful watch. Well, what what are what are our details on this guy? We detailed. Did we detail? Thirty nine hyphen, twenty two millimeter lugs. Thirty nine hyphen. Seven S two six movement. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how thick was it? I don't remember how, right off the top of my head. Thirteen millimeters. Yeah, that's that's gonna be good. Yeah, it's hard lux crystal. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be really good. Oh no, this says forty one millimeters <laughs> here on Amazon. I had thirty nine on Princeton, but forty one on Amazon. So. Some controversy. May have to get out the calipers. <laughs> we don't. We don't have the watch. <laughs> well, I do. I like these. Uh, these chamfered baton hands too. Yeah, it's all the details there in the dial are, are really cool too. You've got that texture change in the in the outer ring with the markers down to the down to the the pip marks on the on the inside inside the markers. It's a beautiful watch. It 
it really could be an every day, every occasion. A date window's interesting. It's a it a little weird with the gold accent around the date window, but And it's got like an angle. It's got like a protrusion too, uh, in between the two wheels. So anyway, uh cool. I dig it, man. I dig it. You better. What you got next? <laughs> So this is a watch, you know, we've looked at this a lot. A lot, a lot. This I has been in my cart a couple times. We, we both have, yeah. Uh, we never watched, talked about this on the on the show. We've talked about this brand. Uh, this is the Vostok Komandersky K34. So this is the newer Komandersky. Read that reference. Well, so the reference is 2426, which is actually the movement. The 35, 350007 3, 0, 0, is the is the reference. Mm-hmm. 2426 is the movement, which is one of Vostok's yeah, sort of there, everyday movements. They're all the time. <clears throat> and what's interesting to me is this is a three-hander movement. They've attached a 24-hour, and I don't know exactly how this works, but there's a 24-hour hand to it. Now, this it, this looks very much like a GMT, and, and maybe that's even an accurate term for it, but it's not what I would call a GMT. I don't think it's a GMT. Yeah, I, I mean, really, I think it's more accurate to call this a, a dual time watch because it's got an, it, it, as opposed to having an independently settable GMT hand, the GMT hand runs with the watch, and actually, it's got an internal rotating bezel that you use to get that twenty-four hour time. So, um, it, it's a distinction worth noting. I'm not sure that it's super important to everyone, uh, but it's something to note. But if you want the GMT hand for it under 200 bucks, this is a good option. Right, right. I mean, it's not a GMT movement per se, but it does give you that dual-time functionality. Uh, my, my favorite thing about this watch is it is very, I, I would call it almost anti-Vostok in the fa- finishing of the case uh, in particular. Everything on this is precision machined. I don't think that these are made in Russia. I think that these are made in China in a different factory. I don't think these are made in Kistapol. The movements may be, but the watches are not. I bet the movements are. That's That would make the most sense. And, you know, perhaps unsurprisingly, I, I think you get a much higher degree of finishing on these as you do than you do on the watches that are coming out of Kistapol. Uh, it you, certainly doesn't look like the typical Vostok that, you could, that you'd feel okay throwing across the room at somebody. Right. And then you go pick it up, put it back on. You know, I'm really impressed with the the case sides on this, the finishes. The whole thing is, is brushed. I don't think it's got any polished surfaces on it outside of maybe the crown. I think the crown is perhaps uh, polished. It looks uh, that way. But the, the sides and everything are really attractively slabby and toolish. This is definitely a military, what I'd call a military-style watch, not mm-hmm. the... Uh, not a field watch necessarily, although I don't know that it wouldn't be useful in the field. 42 millimeters on this guy. Um, you, you know, I, I don't know what more to say about Let's it. Let's talk about the most exciting part. So tell me about the most exciting part. The all-loom dial. Oh, that's right. So you can get these in, I think there's a sort of bluey black dial, but also an all-loom dial. And from everything I know, it's Super Luminova, and it's supposedly blasts it looks like it you know this um rotating this rotating internal bezel is not loomed and it's well illuminated by the loom of the dial right at least in this picture it sure is so and you know there's there's light coming off of it so supposedly this thing really just blasts the light out and i don't know how long that lasts um it's not going to light up your room all night i don't think but Really cool. I, I've always wanted to have a full loomed 
Dial watch, and a few years ago I almost copped on this, and I didn't at the time. 160 bucks, so well under my budget, well under our budget for this guy, and I just think it's a great choice. I will say the profile on this thing makes it seem a little bit uh, chunky. A little tall, yeah. I think it might be a little chunky, just, just overall. I also suspect this doesn't give me a a lug to lug measurement. I also suspect it's got kind of a short it looks so lug to lug, which makes me think that it's probably going to wear a little smaller than that 42 millimeters suggest. It's got these really prominent field watch style crown guards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this thing's probably going to wear a lot smaller than 42. That's my guess. I would think so. It, which is a, it feels like that feels like a stupid thing to say, and and even as I say it, I realize that's a dumb thing to say. It's it's going to wear so exactly dumb. like forty two because it's forty two. But you're so dumb. <laughs> I suspect smaller than what you think of when you think of a forty two millimeter watch. Maybe because some feel big. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think this is going to feel big necessarily. I do suspect that it's going to feel thick, and I think these come in about thirteen millimeters thick. So I I do think it's going to feel kind of chunky. Such a weird exhibition case back to yeah it's got kind of like a, a real tight it's real small and, and you know that that might have something to do with the movement i you know that that movement the 24 26 movement isn't a particularly sexy movement but it does look like they've done, done a good job here with the blued screws and someone i heard someone say kiss to pole striping on the movement somewhere which i don't know if that's a joke or, or something that's an actual term but uh, yeah i think this is i dig it i think uh, of the watches i picked pulled up today this is the one i'm most excited about and the one i'd probably be most likely to to cop although that that to sell antique mm-hmm. uh, i think is great too so between those two i i really like these ready for the last one do it man all right the orient perpetual calendar world time automatic with the reference f e u zero a zero zero five w h ringing in at 125 <laughs> 43 we have the same price on joma shop so that's a good thing uh and this thing is cool it's an orient perpetual calendar that is super busy dialed but not busy dial it it's really subtle and well hidden that you can see that entire perpetual calendar there i'm not even 100 percent sure how to use a perpetual calendar (laughs) but what i can say is i want one and looking at this, I think this is the one that I want. It is beautiful. And it's got that really, really orient-looking design. I think mm-hmm. they, their their whole lineup of watches has a really unique and really easily identifiable design cue in it. Um, those look to be the same hands as that are on the Bambino. Mm-hmm. The markers the same, might even be the same. The same two short hands. Yeah, the markers look like they <laughs> might even be the same. Um it's just a cool watch. The whole like, like ten to two, and like four to seven are totally consumed by this perpetual calendar functionality that would probably be hard to read. Like, it, I, I think there's a learning curve. I don't think it would take that long to figure out how to read it. Or, I mean, I don't know. I've never done any reading into how it works. But this is a this is a damn cool looking watch. Yeah, no, it is a cool watch. Uh, my my initial reaction when I pulled this up was that it looks like a uh, a gauge on some sort of nineteen sixties medical device or something. Um, you, you you know the font and those that sort of really tight script 
that's been jammed in there to say too much stuff in such mm-hmm. a small area. Um, you, you, you know, I don't love all the fonts. And, and so that's sort of a nitpicky, that's sort of a nitpicky thing to say. Um, I don't love all the fonts. I, I don't like that serifed font on the months up above. Um, I do love the, the waffle pattern on the dial. I was just going to say that texturing on the dial is killer. I love the markers. Um, you, you know, there's just a ton to like about this watch. So w- when I complain about the font, I think that's nitpicky because within that, I really love the way the fonts all work together. I'm just not 100% sure how it works. <laughs> yeah, me either. Even studying it right now, I can't tell the date that it's set at. Here's what I'm sure about. I'm sure that this is easier to use than a slide roll. I'm I'm confident in that also. <laughs> uh, well, it looks to me like there is a date window. It's, so it's except for the 16th. But what is everything else that's happening here? I have no idea. <laughs> but I really like it. We need someone to give us a lesson on this watch. I might have to do some more reading tonight. Yeah. And for 125 bucks, I mean, for... That's a killer price for any Orient, and it's it, they're using their four six D four zero movement in it, I'm, which is just a three hand automatic movement, right? I, I with a perpetual calendar. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's cool though. I think it's just one of their standard three hand movements, so maybe it just works off the existing. So this is features calendar GMT perpetual calendar. Yeah, it must be a a, a little bit more going on there um i I don't know what but (laughs) don't care i like it it's cool yeah Yeah. it's cool someone's gonna have to come out to eugene and show us how to use it be like having a watch with a slide rule on it if all i can do is figure out how to read what day today is i'm good right and there's a date window at the three o'clock so i'll be good did you already say how big is this um 41 millimeters by 11 so super thin for an automatic watch yeah, that's you know, great. We got a chance to look at that, um, like, six millimeter Bulova. Oh, yeah. That was cool. It was it was like wearing a pancake, though. Right. As slim as it was, it was still way too wide. Yeah, you know, I think that's easier to pull off with a thin watch, being a little bit wider. But, yeah, it was pretty big, even as thin as it was. I was stoked to see. I had no idea how there was a movement in there. Did we talk about all the watches we looked at on the Mexico episode? I mean, we we had we talked about a lot of them. We, we had we, an opportunity to look at a lot of cool watches. We a shitload of watches. We'll probably circle back to a few of them in the coming weeks as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. No, I like this man. I wish we'd found like an Orient store or something. That would have been cool. I doubt they have that there. I I don't think anywhere does. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sure I've heard the term Orient boutique uttered before, but I've never seen one. They probably only have them in Japan. It was probably a hopeful, like hopefully we get an Orient <laughs> boutique. Right. Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Anything more you want to say about this? No. Are no. we? Are we gonna? I think we're gonna move move right along into um into our wives' favorite part of the show. <laughs> Probably the only part of the show they listen to. I think Sam listens through, and she just like tolerates everything up until this point. Right. So like the rest of your lives, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So so other things. My my uh I we I only have one. I, I started listening to a podcast this weekend, and it's not a new podcast, so I think they're well into season two now, um, but it's called Hello from the Magic Tavern, and this is a fictional podcast set in a fictional 
alternate universe or parallel universe perhaps called Foon. And the premise is this fellow uh, named Arnie, not Arnold or Arnor, uh, who falls through a... Arnor? Yes. Uh, who falls through <laughs> a portal in a Burger King, is still getting Wi-Fi from the Burger King, and so just as a weekly podcast from the alternate universe through the existing Wi-Fi that he's getting through the portal. But he's ostensibly marooned there. I'm I'm liking it. It's fun. It's super tongue-in-cheek. Everything's lighthearted. From what I can tell, the setup is this fellow, Arnie, and some of his good friends who have developed these characters, and they record this podcast from the hip. Because there are times where you can tell it's not it's not scripted. You know, you can tell some of it's loosely scripted, but they're just shooting from the hip. I like it in character in these characters from this other universe. Uh, one of the regular co-hosts is a a changeling, but he's currently a talking badger. Okay. The other regular co-host is this wizard who is on a quest to defeat a dark lord. Uh, both characters are e- equally ridiculous. Um, it, it's just funny, and you can tell they're they're just sort of making stuff up as they go, and sometimes they will make each other laugh sort of <laughs> as they're going through. And you can hear, like, they'll, they'll say something stupid, and their laughter cues your laughter. Right. Because uh, it's really not that funny. It was just sort of an unscripted, stupid thing to say, but it's so ridiculous that they laugh and you laugh with them. Uh, super tongue-in-cheek, n- not serious or even enlightening in the way that maybe a, a more carefully written fiction would be, but a ton of fun. Each sketch of the episodes, comedy, I dig that. It, you know, I think that's even a stretch to call it sketch Is comedy. It? <laughs> yeah, um, but super fun. Each of the episodes are twenty-four to thirty minutes or so has been my has been my experience. So pretty quick to listen to. I think I listened to six episodes that's quick yeah in a couple of hours so a lot of fun i recommend it and there's there's quite a few episodes too i think you could start at the beginning and be able to take them in small sort of you know maybe commuting chunks or whatever um kicking pants i like starting podcasts and tv shows like one or two seasons behind yeah me too because i'm a, I'm a binger right <laughs> so yeah yeah we're the same way yeah let it let it stockpile right right uh, and, and, you know, I don't know if this is weekly, weekly, or if it's seasonal weekly or what, but at least where I'm at in, in the, in the podcast, I think, like I said, about six episodes, it seems like it's weekly. So I'm gonna check it out. Yeah. And there's a, there's a bunch of episodes. There's probably 40 or 50 episodes. So oh, perfect. Or maybe even more than that. Perfect. Yeah. This is bingeable. Bingeable. That's right. That's what I want. Right. <laughs> what do you got? <sighs> Folks. <clears throat> I have found the actual nectar of the hot sauce gods. You found it. It has been discovered. I mean, I found it too. I, it, can I take some responsibility? I mean, who got a bottle? <laughs> you did get the bottle. That's a uh, good story. So we were at dinner um, at the resort at this cevicheria. That's what, that's what they call it, right? Yeah. And I had tacos. And most of the places that we'd been to brought out ramekins with salsas and sauces homemade so house-made sauces. yeah appeared to be so because they were all actually a little bit different every restaurant Mm -hmm. had like kind of their own things anyway this was the first time that we saw commercial hot sauce on the table and they had a variety of sauces by a company called chamay 
and they had i don't think there's any relation to the beer company i can't imagine there is no but i don't know <laughs> uh this is better than the beer company yeah they had a they had three on the table and then they had a couple other hot sauces that you would expect it was like a tabasco and like maybe yucateca or something like that and they had three varieties they had their <laughs> yellow black and red which yeah. were varying degrees of picante muy picante extra muy picante something along those lines right. or like pequeño picante i think it was <clears throat> that's neither here nor there uh and i put a put a dab of each of them on the plate or on my plate and i tried them all and i, and I just I, fr- I mean i was struck i was rendered speechless by the joy mm-hmm. because i've been looking for a commercially produced hot sauce like this it has almost like an ethanol aroma mm-hmm. and it is spicy super spicy it is hot and it tastes so good. I think it's the hottest commercial hot sauce I've ever had. I know that they make commercial hot sauces that are hotter, but it's Much the hottest hotter. I've ever it's, had. It's the hottest I've ever had, but it's also one of the best tasting. Mm-hmm. So I I doused my octopus tacos in it, and the waiter came around asking about Shape dessert. Water tacos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a. Uh, I ordered octopus appetizer, and I was expecting ringlets. I, I, yeah, I was expecting ringlets, and we got. Uh, like the the like a two tentacles connected at the at the base roasted and just brought out with some sauces and i was like all right just reaching off yeah. of the plate yeah it was a little it was i mean it was delicious uh and i don't get squirmy around food no, I, I don't know if i don't know how the wives felt about seeing <clears throat> not um processed it, i mean they ate, they it, ate it and it, they were yeah. happy so anyway i asked the waiter i was like hey man can you like put some of this in a to-go cup for me to take back to the room and he's like yeah yeah no i got you don't worry and probably 10 minutes later he kind of he kind of snuck over and like turned his hip against me and handed me a whole bottle of this of the red variety which is their third or their their second hottest they didn't have the hottest one there and i think i'm gonna buy the hottest one i will say on the, amazon the only the only person who did well in that deal was him because the, the restaurant the, the the resort lost money because he gave you a free bottle of hot sauce. And I tipped the hell out of it. And him. you lost money because you probably paid twice the value of that hot sauce in tip. So Totally worth it. Because right. <laughs> then I ate it on everything the rest of the time we were there. Brought it home. I've consumed about half of the bottle. Anyway, going into it, it's on Amazon. <laughs> Did you get the third degree burns? No, I'm <laughs> actually, I'm, I've developed an immunity like you, IOK powder. Your regulated? Yeah, it's... It you know, never when, requires it. When we came back, I, I commented to you, I think, over text message that I can't, nothing's hot enough. Because mm-hmm. we had so much good hot sauce when we were there that nothing's hot enough anymore. Uh, I, it's hot enough for me. Because I have well, the Chimay. And I need to get some. For a three-pack of three five-ounce bottles, it's 20 money on Amazon. Link in the show notes, people. Now, now to, to put, a, put a little context on the heat level of this hot sauce it is 291,000 scoville units that seems like a that's that's i don't think it's that high let me finish okay. <laughs> shit frank's original is 450 scoville units tabasco 700 uh blair's after death uh which is not the one that they use on hot ones but uh, i think a relatively well-known hot sauce is 49,000 da bomb from hot ones 120,000 
And Buffalo Wild Wings Blazin Sauce is 300,000. I've had the Blazin Sauce. It doesn't taste good. It's just hot. Mm-hmm. This, ringing in at 291,000, according to a website that I read. Several, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was corroborated. It, none of them had it, like, 291,000 wasn't the average of what we found. Every time I found it on the internet was 291,000. So pretty freaking hot. It's hot. But it is so good. Yeah, the flavor on it's spectacular. I can't, I, I can't recommend any hot sauce higher than I recommend this. You know, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't believe that anybody tunes in to listen to a watch podcast, and they do. I, I think fewer people would tune in to, to listen to a hot, uh, a hot sauce podcast. How many people watch hot ones every week? <laughs> That's. I think people watch hot ones for. You know, the the famous people that he interviews, as opposed to the hot sauces. I think we need to do a video. We need to get 10 sauces over a million Scoville units and eat. A million? Over a mil. We're both going to die. I think that's how we get on Hot Ones. I think that's how we get to meet Sean Evans. (laughs) And I think that's how we get to sit at the Hot Ones table. We just pitch it via YouTube. Yeah. Just send him the video. And, And then we'll do a Hot Ones Hot Edition all 10 over a million. You, you know, if you guys haven't uh, tuned in, the newest season of Hot Ones just started. I haven't watched them yet. I'm excited about it. You, you know, his he started with Gordon Ramsay, and they they teased that episode for a couple weeks on YouTube, and it's it's spectacular. So uh, if, you, if you haven't watched Hot Ones and you listen to us, quit being dumb and go watch Hot Ones. And it, just feel free to start right at the beginning of this current season with the Gordon Ramsay interview fantastic really really good also watch bobby lee yep. <laughs> gordon yep. ramsey bobby lee in that order <laughs> yeah and the uh, burt kreischer is pretty good too. yeah his was pretty good yeah. are, are we done i think i think so i think we've done it i feel like we were only at a minute an hour five we could what have we done we could really keep just babbling for at least another 15 minutes you want to hear seven to ten minutes of silence y'all <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week of 40 and 20. Don't forget to tune back in next week for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Tremolo by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.